This is a global original podcast. Hi and welcome to Confessions of a Modern Parent. The podcast where my husband Mark and I discuss the challenges, difficulties, frustrations and ultimately the joys of being parents and step-parents to four wonderful, talented, beautiful daughters aged between 25 and 12. Hello. Hello. Friendship. Yeah. Friendship circles and all the fears that come with them. Yeah. I think that's probably... I think... Oh, my God, we're going to have to be mindful here, but I think that's probably been one of the biggest struggles of being a parent. It feels like it's much more complicated if you're the parent of girls. But, yeah, but, but it's great because we've got... Carlitos is um, is going to tell us a bit about that today well, as well. It, it always serves us well. I mean, my, my, why are we talking about this? I think friend, friends can have, like boyfriends and girlfriends, can have the biggest impact on who and what your children are. But even more than that, on the decisions they make at crucial points in their life. Mm. So, you know, mm. you know, we worry about how we influence our children, but there's the big unknowable of friends. And um, I mean, it often... And I think sometimes we need to get more local with our worries because we do, I mean, mostly you sit with what people for five minutes. What do you mean, sort of minutes. London local? No, you'll sit with people <laughs> for five minutes and they're talking about, you know, the internet, the World Wide Web, like mm. impossible things and, and like terrible stories that still probably only happen to a tiny percent of the population. And yet I think friendships and the friendship circles mm. that your children can have can have the big, a far bigger impact than, than the bigger worries that well, we have if, as parents. If I can be as bold as to say, um, if I could be so bold to say, all four of my daughters, I would say, I've seen them at their most upset, distressed, agonised, torn apart, conflicted and saddened mm -hmm. by their experiences of so-called, in inverted commas for anyone who's not watching this, Friends. Yeah. And I think that it's important that because it can be so contentious, we won't name any of the girls no. and their particular situations no. because, again, girls can be incredibly vicious with each other. And if anybody hears it and then they mm. come and say, oh, your mum said, my mum said. But I think we'll just talk in general terms. Well, that was one of happened. the intentions behind having four daughters so that we couldn't <laughs> actually identify any one of them and it's just impossible for to target. But um, let's, let's do our usual thing because I, yeah. I always love it. Let's just have a little trip oh, down nostalgia. Like down Nostalgia Lane and think about our own friendships. Let's just listen to... There we go. That's you going down Nostalgia Lane. I'm taking a little trip down Nostalgia Lane. Now, I, I, I even know the... Ne you talk a lot about your childhood. Yes. Much, much more than I do. Yes. In the house. And sometimes when I say some some things about my childhood, the girl's like, oh, really? And I realise they hardly know anything about it. That's not because I take up the oxygen. You just don't tell them. No, I think that part of that is because you didn't have siblings. Right. And you don't have a lot of witnesses to your childhood. I don't so, have any. Yeah, so you don't <laughs> you don't really talk about it with other people. Like, no. like as soon as I see my sister, Dina, we're immediately talking yeah. about something. And, I, and so I get that. So when you just look back... What's your what's your just your general impression of friendship? Not, okay. not think not. Well, I won't go on greatly. I, I had really meaningful friendships between the age of, as far back as I can remember, three until twelve. My so can you remember back when you were three? No, of course I can't. But oh. I remember most of the friends that I made from about the age of three when I moved to London were all yeah. my friends all the way through yeah. to when I was 11, 12 and went to secondary yeah. school. Um, and that, that friendship circle was very meaningful. The only point at which uh, cracks started to creep in was where groups of my individuals in my group of friends recognised that my mum was gay. And we're talking about 77, 78, 79, 19, you know, um, and it wasn't accepted and... and they didn't know how to deal with that. And so they didn't ostensibly bully me, but they started to distance me. Can you remember the pain of that? Agonising. Mm. Agonising, because I would lie about um, the nature of my mum's sexuality because they'd come around and they'd say things at school like, oh, your mum sleeps with a woman. And I'd go, and that's not a woman, that's her sister. That's my aunt who lives with us. And they're like, of course, I didn't realise I'd made it worse because they'd run around and go, Mark's mum sleeps with her sister, incest, incest, and all that. I mean, and it was really horrible. But I was quite a strong enough character to just kind of bowl through it. I was the captain of the football team, all that kind of, you know, I just bowled through it. Where it really crumbled was when I got to secondary school and became a teenager. And my friendship circle dwindled to virtually nothing. Hmm. Uh, and yet I was, this is the old thing, I was sort of plugged, I, I could talk to anyone. I was 
no one was horrible to me. I could, I had a sort of group, but it was a very sort of, it wasn't fractured. fractured group. And I got a girlfriend very early on at the age of 14. So pretty much most of my secondary school, I had a girlfriend. And so it was me and Jane were the unit. And I had a couple of friends around that, but not many, not many. I mean, I wasn't going to parties. I wasn't, I didn't have the pressures of friendship. I, I had a, almost a marriage, which was like a brother-sister marriage because she was such a good friend, Jane, my first girlfriend. Um... And really, I, I sometimes look back and I think if I didn't have that relationship with Jane, how the hell would my teenage years have gone, actually? Mm. It kind of frightens me. Mm. <laughs> uh, so it was quite lonely. So from a friendship perspective, so so the absolute... But can you remember the importance? You know, because I, 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 um, I look forward to hearing from Maddie later, but I know that they're the most important well, things in her world, absolutely. are her friends. Well, I, th- I wonder whether, and we'll get on to this, where I fall short, I think, as a parent is that I potentially or perhaps undervalue the importance of friendship yeah. to all of my girls Very, over the very, years. very similar to my dad. Sometimes right, right. That's I'm absolutely blown away when I hear life repeating itself. Wow. Like, my dad is very tribal, you yeah. know, and so everyone that came into the house, it was he was... He would be very charming and everything, mm. but he was suspicious. Sure. You know, and uh, I mean, he was tribal. You know, he's a Bedouin. He was mm. um, brought up in the Middle East and a very, very tribal. It's family or nothing. And there would always be, you know, these kind of snide mm. to the asides about friends, mm. um, kind of planting little paranoias in us just in case. Right. Um, and actually it was just protection. Mm. And you are very, very suspicious of everyone that comes in. I'm very, the well, I'm not necessarily... Initially, until... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, well, yeah, I suppose the girls would often say that, Dad, your strap line for life is trust no one mm. until they've earned your trust. Mm. Whereas mine is trust everyone until yeah. they're given reason. Well, I think your way you'll get hurt and then you'll wonder why you're suddenly really irascible and irrational. Whereas mine is you'll be self-protected from the four and if you get if you can build that relationship. And I have... You know, it, it, we've had... I don't agree with that, by the way. I know you don't, but uh, I do. No, but it's my I, philosophy. But what I see <laughs> is, I see that you have a lot of loneliness. Yes, yeah, And I do. so I wouldn't want the girls. If no. I mean, there's lots that you do that is far better than I do with the girls. Mm. But that, I don't like you infecting them with that. If I'm mm. really honest, and this is always an, as honest, an honest conversation as we can have... Mm. I do shudder a bit when I hear you talking like that, and I, and I remember my dad was a bit like that too, and and your nan was like that, and your mum was like that, is like that, and I see loneliness. I don't see great friendships, and I think actually what you want to do with your children is show them that friendship is a great, great thing to have in life. It is hard. You can get hurt. It can go wrong. But like most things in life, the things that we that are really of value are tough. Yeah, I agree. And, and so when I've had fallings out with my friends, I've been really, really honest with them, told them everything that's gone on, mm. shown them that I've been upset, shown them that I've cried, shown them that we've tried to work it out, shown them that we're still trying to work it out or whatever. And I, and like we do within our relationship, like we'll talk to them about if we've had a fight, we'll talk mm. to them about if we've made up. And I really want us to both do the same with friendship. Well, I think it's always interesting, these chats, isn't it, how what our own experiences are of virtually any topic we discuss becomes almost a sort of a floor plan for how we try and help our children Hmm. navigate that subject or not navigate it. So everything you say is correct. I am automatically suspicious. I am intensely protective. But do you think that's because you were a bit bullied in secondary school? So um, that's where that... See, I never was. I never saw... I never felt that anyone around me, bar my girlfriend at secondary school, had nice intent. And that's... A so very, that's what informs Yeah, yeah, yeah. Know? And that's a very jaundiced view, and it's a very mm. unusual one. But that's perhaps because everyone was using my mother's sexuality against mm. me. Uh, everyone was using that... Well, well, then started to use the fact that I was in a relationship against me. I was the freak. I wasn't the one who was going to parties mm. and kissing everyone. I constantly felt marked as different. And it was low-level bullying, and I kept going in and, and ignoring it, but it worked on a level to make me distrust everyone. So that's what is informing... Yeah you trying to protect your children. Absolutely. And I get that, but I don't think that that is protection. No, and I don't I think, think it's that, right. I think that, that I think that actually what we 
I think what we should be saying to our children is take the risk mm. emotionally. It's like people that are, avoid falling in love or avoid ever, in case they get hurt. Well, you're hurting all the time when you do that because mm. you're not really engaged with other people. And but as I, human beings, we need almost nothing more than we need that, you know, social interaction. But going back to the topic of being parents, and I do think this is where you have the luxury of being two parents who are very different, I think you can both bring incredibly important different skills to the table or maybe different sorts of emphasis to the table. So you're absolutely right. You know, in the cold light of day, I don't want any of my children to have the lack of friendships that I currently have in my life. Mm. I don't want that. Um, equally, I want them to go into friendships and meaningful relationships that aren't romantic ones um, to be forewarned, as protected as possible, and to have as as meaningful protected friendships... Protected from what? Protected from any potential disappointment, hurt, or letdown. No, no, no. I know you can't do that completely. But I have seen individually each of my four girls at their worst state at the hands of friends. I mean, not just a but bit... They not just a bit... Hang on. Not just mm. a bit hurt. I mean, destroyed hurt. Distraught. And it's the most unbearably selfish, nasty behaviour of other girls their age that has done this. So it's very hard. If you see your child shoving their arm into a fire, your instinct is to say, don't shove your arm into the yes, fire again in this but instance. you can't preempt it. No, I just think, I, I think that this is, and I think it, you know, this is really interesting conversation, isn't it? Because we can never just say, oh, let's just talk about this bit and about our kids, because who we are informs yeah, our own problems with our kids. And I think a number of things happen. I think that you are so frightened of them being hurt, you love them so much, and you want to help them swerve the curve. They can't swerve it. No. It's about building them up to let them know that you will go through really difficult times in relationships, but guess what? you will survive mm. because if you hide away from the possibility of it then that then then that i think that's pain in a different way mm. and i wonder if sometimes because you feel uncomfortable with your I mean, you have, a, you know, you have a number of friends that are very, very good friends, but you don't have a wide mm. uh, um, group of friends. And that is because, you know, you got sober and people that drink that heavily around you didn't, couldn't work mm. out how to be a friend of someone that doesn't drink. And that's all their problem. But that's why you got to where you mm. got. You had a very big group of friends. But I wonder sometimes, and this is a really difficult thing to suggest to you, and you can choose to answer it or not, do you think subconsciously when you do this sort of gun-ho with the girls, oh, don't trust anybody and stay away from them, that you're somehow trying to give them the narrative as to why you don't have friends and try and somehow make it seem almost heroic, a heroic thing to be, to say, oh, I shun everybody. Because your mum and your nan do exactly the same thing. Mm. Your nan, God rest her soul now, was there, oh, I don't want anyone around, oh, I don't like... And she'd be very funny with it. Mm. But I always read it as, you're actually very shy. You're actually... You have social anxiety. You don't actually want to mix with people because you have fear about mm. that. But you've made it so much part of your character mm. and being a bit, you know, uh, eccentric... And your mum does. Your mum mirrors exactly what your nan did, and I see you. You all three of you do the same thing. Uh, well, I mean, I, yeah, there's a lot in that. But I mean, in terms of the reason I go gung ho about not being, I think I'm a bit embarrassed hmm. about That's what the I mean. state of my current so approach to socialising hmm. in my social life. Not embarrassed because, you know, what they think of me, I don't necessarily want to be an example to them. So I need to char I need to characterise mm. it as being something that's more unusual than the norm. Yeah. And that by saying yeah. it's more unusual, they look at me as sort of... And again, this is what I mean by, you know, if I look at the two of us objectively as parents, I want them to, of course, entirely have your social sort of skills, your social awareness, your social group, your ability to have a number of friends and a successful personal life. I can't do that. You can. That's a different discussion, mm -hmm, and that's yeah. on another podcast that we do. But, you know, I'm I'm talking about the fact that... Well, I, I just want to stop you there. I don't think you can say that's a different conversation because I think that informs 
your parenting and your worries with your children and mm. their friendship. I think that this is this is so important. The way that your the way that we view our own relationships with our friends mm. informs well, how think... our children are growing up and what and the choices that our children. Now, I would say that Kiki's had a lot more social anxiety than Maddie, mm. and I think that's I think she felt more of your social anxiety. Than, than Maddie does. And I think she's got that sweet shyness that you've got as well. Mm. Um, but actually, I think that she's pushing against that because she, and I think that this by accident has been quite good because she sees that and she sees that you don't really, and she sees that you are a fantastically sociable, funny, interesting, mm. witty person that actually should have a, a very good group of friends around yeah, you. And she sees that you stop <laughs> it and you stop it for yourself. And she's actually pushed herself yeah. out. And that's what to I make want. Sure and that's, and that's actually what I want for her. I think to make this one more universal in terms of, say, fathers, I think we were talking about this the other day about how men, by and large, view friendship in a very different way to women. Mm. I think men, my circumstances were different, but I do tend to look at my between three and ten as more, more standard, a more standard experience of childhood and friendship, is that men value, or fathers, say fathers today, we value friendship, boys, men, whatever, when we're younger. But I do think on a level, a lot of men view f male friendships as something to distract them and keep them busy until they're in a meaningful family or relationship wow. set up. That's a massive... Well, it's a massive one. I'm not saying that's no, universally think... across the board, mm. but I think even on an emotional level, you might still hang out with your friends and go out and do things. But I think on a more almost biological level, we, we tend to view our sort of fun times, our silly times with all our male friends, it goes, it, 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 it's kicked into the long grass as soon as you get into a meaningful relationship. That's so interesting. Wow. And and when I think, a lot of my friends will say that they, they have 10 times as many friends as their, as their partners right. do, my girlfriends. Yeah. That's really interesting. That's really interesting because Maddie and I were having a... That's our 17-year-old, in case you're wondering, listener. We're having this conversation the other day and, and we were saying, you know, why is it, why do girls so much more than boys get a boyfriend and then dump all their friends? Mm. And boys don't do that. But as we get older, oh, my God, yeah. women learn that lesson and actually they will... Mm. make a very active choice to make sure that their friends are put in an equal... But I suppose because they learn over mm. through the years that actually um, your girlfriends are the ones that stay there throughout and mm. men can men can come and go. So that's really interesting. Yeah, men tend to get older and get settled and want to stay in all the time with their... with their. I mean, obviously, this is a massive generalisation. Well, it is a massive generalisation, but I wonder whether that's the common ground between me and your father and a lot of children feeling that their fathers are perhaps a little bit more, if not controlling, a little bit more sort of severe about the friendship circles they keep. Mm. You know, I mean, I mean, but going back to your experience of friends growing up, I mean, you've all, have you always been as sociable and as social? And can I also just say, for anyone listening, I, am, I describe myself as an incredibly social person. You're an extroverted introvert. Exactly. It's I can't remember who it was once said it. An actress once said, "I'm incredible." I like to Liz, be Liz um, Fraser. Liz, no, Fraser. Fraser. Liz Smith. Liz Smith, Smith from the yeah. royal family. Uh, she said. She, uh, she said, "I'm incredible." I can't remember which way around it was. I'm incredibly sociable, but I'm not very social. I yeah. when I'm in with people, I'm great, but I just you get me through the door is the problem, and yeah. I'm exactly the same. No, I think, but I think so many of us are. I mean, I am really. I mean, I was brought up in a really loud, bombastic family where you fought to say what you want and you and you know, you were just and I had a very, very shy older sister. So I I forced myself because my sister's shyness was so painful. I couldn't bear it, so I would just force myself to be really brave and say, don't mm. worry, come with me, I'll look after you. But inside, I was very anxious about social situations. I mean, when I look back on into my to my early years, you know, primary school, I had really good friends. But there was that, you know, I mean, it's such a long time ago, but there, I remember when things would go wrong with girlfriends, it would go so wrong and the pain would be so intense because you're actually practising... Um, Dating, actually, mm. when you're a young girl, you you, you know, uh, and the what intensity. With other girls? In a way, without knowing, subconsciously, you're you know, the jealousy and the possessiveness and all yeah, that stuff all that I've goes seen, on. In, it's, it's horrific. That goes on in, in younger girls' um, friendship groups. Um, but I had, I always had a best friend, mm. and I always had a best friend that was staying the night, and they would stay all the time. Mm. And, um, 
you know, uh, I, I had very good close friends through school and I was I was popular. I was popular, but I but I remember working hard to be popular. I mean, I think on the exterior, this is what I say to the girls when they don't feel cool and they don't mm. feel this and they don't feel that. I said, I was really popular at school, but inside I didn't feel popular. Inside yes. I was struggling the whole time, but nobody would have known that, yeah. you know. Um, I mean, I remember a period of time where it was all about numbers. I remember, yeah. you know, I mean, because I had this sort of slightly delayed moment in my teenage years, when I went to university, I decided I wasn't going to live a lie. <laughs> I came out. That's why my graduation film was about coming out, in a sense, for, on behalf of my mum. And when I came out, I decided I was going to come out and be gregarious and Mr. Everything to everyone. My older sister says that, Dina. She said, I just decided that yeah. I wasn't going to be shy. Yeah. And another friend of mine who said that, who who said who I grew up with and said I just decided one day I wasn't going to be shy mm. and actually she has a very big problem with alcohol this friend of mine oh right oh, I'm not going to say her name but you no, know no, no, who no, it no, is and isn't that interesting you yeah. say the same and actually I do worry for shy people when they make that decision because yes. usually there is some rocket fuel and <laughs> yeah. and rocket fuel being the again I, I want to I want to be mindful about I don't want to identify which one of the girls out of our four girls mm. but they there is there is one or two of them in the four, that I have had that worry because they have said to me that they feel very shy mm. and that actually meeting and going out with friends is a hugely exhausting thing because mm. they're deciding to be extrovert and then they're knackered for days afterwards. And I and I think, wow, what kind of rocket fuel are you going to need mm. as, you know... And, you know, we've been open about it, both of our girls, Maddie and Kiki, we've taken both of them to CBT mm. because we want them to have be really mentally strong to be able to deal with these things in a different way than maybe we did because, you know, yeah. my drinking was legendary before I was a mother. Ooh. You know, I was a drinker who drank. I knew about your drinking st- before I knew you. Yeah, I used to drink and I would be there till four o'clock in the morning with everybody mm. drinking hard. And then so you that met I someone be who'd be there until six. Yeah, drinking hard <laughs> to be at the centre of the party, you know. Yeah. So, But then when I was a teenager, rather like you, it felt a bit fractured, my mm. group. I had my close friends that lived around the corner, but I was always had this yearning feeling for having a group. When I see Maddie with her group, I feel so happy for her mm. because that's actually what I wanted. There was never enough boys. You know, we were a group of girls and there was this constant sort of hunger mm. to have this, what we were seeing in the movies and what we were seeing, um, what was that? Da, 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 da. Oh, Henry no, Winkler. Henry Winkler. Oh, the Fonz. Happy the Fonz. days. Happy days. I wanted a bit of happy days. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. our girls are like that as well, aren't they? Yes. And so I, I, I went through my teenage years really feeling like I was missing out, yeah. that I didn't have this incredible group of good-looking, fun, cool fun- friends. But isn't it funny, though, because everything you describe, although I didn't have those things as a teenager... It's not like I don't want all my girls to have that. That's precisely what I want yeah, my girls do. to have. Oh, but no, you do, but you're, not... d- you're deeply suspicious of everyone Yeah, yeah, meet. yeah. Well, I suppose I just... Yeah, I just want to... Like I suppose go, I am They trained... had a beer. He had a beer, and I no, had no, to no, say no, to no. you... No, 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 no. There's Mark. one particular friend of one of our girls, and they'll remain nameless, who when I caught an image of them puncturing the side of a can of beer and drinking it, the dregs, and only a week before, they'd been all sweetness and light and ever so, oh, hello, Mr. Adley, da da da, da. I was thinking, bloody hell. I was reminded of the front-of-house image of yeah. friends and the back-of-house. Now, to but all I'm those constantly pe- having to say that to you, yeah. because you, I said to you, well, what were you like at X age? No, no, what I were- agree. But I don't want to puncture anyone's myths about their children, but believe you and me, every parent of a teenager out there, your child will have a permissible, parent-friendly Instagram account and they will have one that's absolutely not and can only be followed by request. Mm. It is... We were we used to follow our girls' second... What are they called? Spam accounts. Spam accounts. And we were asked to unfollow them. And you know what? And I think we're going to do a whole other conversation about this privacy mm. with children. And I get that, and I think that that's OK. No, I, I do don't think, think we're right. supposed but to But what I'm trying everything. to say is, is that the one face... That, you mm. know, friends of your children yeah. present one very, very definitive front to you. So I know that I can't be making all my assessments based on what I'm seeing come through the door when these incredibly courteous young lads, incredibly sort of vivacious right, young women... It, oh, hello, Mr Adderley. It's a rite of passage, and that's the way it should be. And actually a good kid does care enough to be nice to their friend's parents. Yeah. It's the ones that come in and are really cocky and surly well, I, that I think, oh, my God, 
They're the only ones I worry about. Well, I poked... Because I think you've got no sense of decency because you don't even know to no, pretend in front of me. I agree. I poked my head into the room full of Maddie's friends the other night. I'm sure she wouldn't mind me t- saying this. And I did ask, who is holding the crack? Mark! And she looked so shocked that I walked out of the room and as I closed the door, I smiled to myself thinking, if they're all that shocked, there's no crack in the room. <laughs> I'd done my due diligence. I'd done my due diligence by horrifying them all. But... I'm going to say say one thing that I'm going to be very honest about now and come mm. clean. I actually feel an enormous sense of jealousy around your the ability you have with the girls to share and chat and talk about parties, their social life and all that sort of stuff because I now know that the girls avoid talking to me in because, the first because instance you, because of how mm, I've reacted mm. protectively in the past to their friends. So I've shot myself in the foot. No, but I'm sure there are a lot of parents out there who are in this equivalent position and I'm in that position now where I can't really make the ground back. They won't... Well, no, I don't feel like I can and and I've just kind of accepted that if there's a social gathering or an event, they will not talk to me about it first at all. They will not talk about a new group of friends. I was exactly the same with my mum. Isn't it funny? I had amazing philosophical chats with my dad. Mm. We had incredibly shared a humour. You've got to understand... You can't have everything. You have you have an intense friendship and relationship with them. I have to do the like dirty work as a mum. The one thing I have is that they talk to me about parties and friends, and you've just got to accept that. All right, Jesus Christ! I was just being honest. I wasn't. I wasn't saying we need to change it. I was just. I thought you'd like my honesty. I think. I mean, this 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 conversation we can come back to a lot because I would like to do another whole conversation about when things go wrong Mm. with your kids' friendship, but I don't think we can cover all of that ground today. But so I think. I think we should have a listen yeah, to what absolutely. Maddie said. But before we have a listen to Maddie and Carlitos has talked yeah. about friendship circles as well, I think one of the crux points that I wanted to discuss in this chat was how do you how does one control or impact upon a group of friends that you know is a bad influence? You know, do you, do we have to wash our hands? Do we have to just step back? Should we just relinquish all control? Can we get our hands dirty in managing our children's social lives? And that for me is kind of a key key question so what what do we want to answer that now well go on then have a go well i think (laughs) that i think with lots of other um challenges with children i think if you head the if you if you face them head on Mm. i think you lose them i think rather like you know we have our techniques don't we Mm. we'll talk about oh my god look at this somebody dropped dead this poor 15 year old it was the first time she'd ever had ecstasy ecstasy and she dropped dead whereas if you sit down a child go you know you know if you touch drugs you could die it doesn't work i think by you have to go round the back door i think you have to go stealthily i think if you in somebody's face um they're just people at the end of the day just human beings aren't they and if you go straight to somebody's face and say I don't think you should have this relationship with the person. It's never going to work. Mm. But I think that you keep your friends close and you keep your enemies even closer. So I think with, with your kids, when you know you've got a, a badden, you just keep them close so that you're, so that you're you know, you're keeping your eye on them and Four able to... And being And you're able to maybe help your child navigate, maybe not advice full in the face, but you're, you're leaking stuff into them. I think something you've done a lot, though, with the girls, because, of course, I two youngest have been homeschooled and you know one of the strategies that I think is a very sensible strategy is where you feel perhaps their choice of friends or the the options they've got in terms of choosing friends is quite limited or that they've perhaps just got a bad egg in their group and it's very hard for them to not keep poisoning the water is being a little bit more proactive with the younger teenagers tweenies in helping them find new forums in which to have other you know form yeah. friendships whether it be groups or but also i just i think the really important thing is not to it's like everything with kids is not to overreact oh, that's what if I they do tell you something you overreact so much oh my god yeah. i want to run them over i want to yeah. and then they just retreat so i'm just very i bring my blood pressure right down mm. i talk to them i listen to them I don't try and sort it out all in that day. I also am a real advocate for having practice conversations. So I might say, so say one of the girls over all these years, I mean, this mm. my stepdaughters as well, might come to me with a problem with their, a friend. I might say to them, mm, I'm just trying to think, what might 
I say, so I'm, so she said to you this, mm, I might try saying this, or mm. I would maybe consider, or, and you know, in the past when there's been really toxic friends, and I said, what do you think about just having a break for a couple of days and seeing how yeah. you feel? Because sometimes you can be locked in to mm. a friendship that is toxic, and because you're so locked into it, you can't actually see how toxic it is. That's I'd the same for adults. It's yeah, the same oh, for I children. Totally agree. I'd, love to, I'd love to hear from other parents, though, because I am mm. breathless with despair at the levels of low-key bullying and torture Torture well, you know, it's this the whole girls. the whole thing now as well. Added in, into this is phones. You know, God. you know, you aired. They aired, which yeah. basically means they've Ignored. read the message. Yeah. They sh- they can see that they've read the message, and then they don't answer them, or they're in group chats and they don't speak to them in the group chats. I mean, all or all, all 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 the older girls have de- certainly told me about yeah. this, um, and you just think. It's a bit like when you'd go into the classroom and everyone yes. would go quiet. Well, yeah. so so they do have the the phones as well. And um, we're not talking about the outright bullies here. We're not talking about bullies. We're talking about within friendship no, groups. Well, and I think often the friends don't even know that they're doing stuff. Mm. So my thing is with the kids, and this is where we disagree. Don't, you always think they know, and they don't. They do. So my thing is with the girls is I try and get them to think about maybe just saying to their friend, how they feel. I want to slam my head against a wall it's, when you, you say see, that. But they, but see, this is it's why like, they don't tell you anything. Yeah, but at the end of the no, day, no. often we've got to this point where we've tried to think about it from their perspective. Let's keep thinking. It's like thinking, you can think of the bully's perspective until you're pink in the face, blue in the face, red in the face. And sometimes it needs to be a short, sharp shot. But I think you're making a terrible boys, mistake here. Boys sometimes I hit think, each other. I think you're making a terrible mistake here. We're not talking about bullies. We're talking about the complications and the complexities within girl friendships. Where the and most extreme not, bullying no, happens. OK, I'm trying to say let's separate bullying because that's a different podcast. I'm talking about, and this is why the girls don't talk to you, because you <laughs> want to group it all together and you want to go, they're bullies. We're actually sometimes... All the girls are struggling to work out their feelings of maybe jealousy, their feelings of maybe inadequacies, their own low self-esteem, and they sometimes, without realising, take out their pain on each other. And it's a very important conversation to have in a sane way with your children because if you fly off the handle and go like that you're not teaching them any skills to to work their way through that relationship so that's why i'm much better at that shit that, than you are are you trying to tell me that you've never ever wanted to throw some of those really so irritating many friends times under a bus so many times because i have i tell you mm. uh, boys we used to just hit each other We'd hit each other and it'd be over. And we'd often become best friends again. I broke a snooker cue across Stuart Wilson's back. But what you've got to understand, girls don't do that. So just keep saying what boys would do. It doesn't help. You've got to sit down. You've got to take your ego and your bluster out of it. And you've got to listen to them. And you've got to be as kind to the other side as to the child. Because otherwise... Because if my child is saying to me, I still want to be friends... If they say, oh, I don't want to be friends, well, you you know, I'm going to be right in there. But they're saying, Mom, I really love this person and it, she's making me sad or we're making each other sad. My job as a mum is to try to help them find their way out. What about that. talking to the other, the friend's parents? Well, it depends, doesn't yeah, it? Doesn't you know, it? you a friend's parent comes and that's backfired on me too many times. Yeah. I won't ever be doing that again. Yeah. You, can you can see where however, the nasty little shits get their behaviour from, yeah, can't you? Yeah, however nice you think that mum might be, if you dare to say, well, listen, I was there, I heard it happen, yeah. I was on the phone when your daughter said so this, said and then they completely... T- <laughs> I mean, well, that's madness. That's where I get to. That has happened to I get me. to the point of madness. Anyway, well, shall we have a listen to what Maddie's got to say about friends? Friends, I know for Maddie, are the most important thing in her life. So for me, friendship, oh my God, friendships mean literally the world to me. Like I'm, I'm such a, like, I, 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 I'm one of those people I can't cope with my own company. Like if I'm with myself for too long, I go mad. (laughs) So I am one of those people. I do need to be around a lot of people all the time. Um, So that's why friendship groups are really important to me. Like I've, I think I've always kind of had a friendship group in my life, whether they be toxic or if they be good. Um, And, yeah, I mean, I have, at the moment, I have, like, a really, really good friendship group that I'm really, I'm really happy with. Uh, But I have gotten through a lot of very toxic friendship groups, which haven't been very good for me. But because I really needed somebody at the time, I kind of put up with it. Um, And 
yeah, I mean, I feel, obviously, this is a go for everybody from my generation, but I feel like um, <clears throat> at my age, at this age now that I'm at, it's, it's like when you need friends the most, I feel, because it's kind of like, um, I don't know. I mean, because the friendship group I've got at the moment, they're absolutely, I literally, I love all of them so much. They're so amazing. Um, honestly, I, I have no idea what I would do without friends. Like, if I didn't have the friends that I had, I'd, I don't know. I don't know what would I would be. I don't know where I would be. If I could just spend my entire life just with my friends and I didn't have to do anything else, I would be <laughs> so happy. Like, yeah. Um, but, I, yeah, I feel like people... I feel like definitely parents... Because it's normal. Parents, as they get older, they just forget what it was like when they were younger. But I think parents just forget how much... Um, other people our age mean to us like honestly like obviously I, my parents they've they you know mum and dad always let me see my friends and I want to see them uh, they always let them come around um and you see I, I see a lot of them but I feel like it's normal for parents to forget like how much they like friends mean to teenage like well me I can't speak for teenagers obviously like I don't even know some of my mates would be like what is she on about like I don't like all of us that much but um yeah, but like I said earlier, like I get obsessed with people, so um, I'm low-key obsessed with all of my friends. Uh, and I honestly am at my happiest when I'm with them. I think, yeah, friends that are a bad influence definitely exist. I know I've gone through a good share of them. Um, but then at the same time, I think uh, people being a bad influence, it's all, like, subjective. Like, there are certain things that my parents would say... Uh, you're, at the end of the day, your friends are the people that are going to be, te uh, you know, basically going to be there f with you for life. Whereas relationships, you know, they don't, they don't really last. Where well, I have made that mistake, you know, with one, one of my relation, one of my like first relationships, which wasn't very good. Um, you know, he, uh, uh, <laughs> um, that relationship was toxic, and he, he kind of made me believe that none of my friends really liked me, or that none of my, I couldn't really trust any of them. And I stupidly believed him. And then I remember at that at that time, I pushed a lot of my friends away and I spent all of my time with him. And I was actually at, I was actually at my lowest point at that point, at that, that part of my life. Um, because one day I suddenly realised, like, oh, my God, I've lost all my friends and I'm stuck with this person that isn't good to me. Um, and I'm really glad that I've got to the point in my life where I'm like, no, friendship is the most important thing. And, like, I'm never going to drop my friends for one person um so yeah uh, mum and dad know that friends are like mean an insane amount of just everything to me I love them so much um so yeah I definitely think friendship's the most important thing for me at the moment blimey I want to find him and I want to <laughs> smash his face in no Blimey, uh, could maybe Maddie's friends be the most important yeah. thing? She was yeah. vociferous on that. Sorry, and I'm you still seething about boyfriends. Yeah, well, you see, see how you react to yeah, that? Yeah, well, someone has to react like that. Yeah, What's but, the bloody we, point but of he's, gone. he's gone. Like it? He's gone, and oh. that's good. But, I mean, my goodness, there it is, you see. And I, you know what I liked about that? We haven't got in with our, you know, rolled up our sleeves and got really mucky mm. with all her friends. We know who she's talking about when she talks about those toxic friends. Mm. There was one situation where it was actually bullying and we did get a bit involved with parents and stuff. But mostly she's made her own decisions and she's had to go through some pain and she's had to be really sad and she's worked her way through and she's actually now found a really good group of friends yeah, who really care about her and she's done that mostly by herself, with us just doing that little bit of pinball machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just knocking nudging, her one way, nudging. nudging a little, not, not getting in and going, right, no. you know, these friends aren't right for you. I just don't think that works, because how do you grow as a person? I have to say, though, in my defence, I mean, I do go sort of like shit off a shovel, really, as, an, as a kind of, uh, as a sort of antidote to you. I do it sometimes for them to test mm. that more extreme response. And yeah, sometimes I'm doing it for them to sometimes 
be a bit fairer about their friends because I will go like shit off a shovel to protect them. And it's almost like I will caricature my emotional response at times mm. so that mm. they can sort of almost bat against yeah. it and justify yeah. their decisions. I see that and it works and it's really good sometimes. But I think she made a really interesting point there, which is a really valid point actually, which is who's to say who's the bad influence? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, that p- perspective yeah, and POV is very important because there mm. could be other parents out there who think a home-educated kid who's pursuing her dream of music and acting is a, a potentially a wastrel compared to their son mm. or do you know what I mean so mm. it's that it's that sort of be careful which angle you're mm. coming from and which mm. which vantage point you're coming from mm. but I do worry I do worry I mean worry. if she had to do a maths test with any parents absolutely well if her, I mean you know if her influence on her friends was was, was assessed mathematically <laughs> she'd probably be the worst influence on all, on all of them but my point I wanted to make though is I do listen to her and then I think well there but for the grace of God go we that she's as, as head screwed on as she is what if she isn't? What if you weren't? Is it, she can have that perspective on friendship circles that are a bad influence. But what if you are more, for whatever reasons, uh, more easily swayed towards bad behaviour or more easily swayed well, I mean, towards you have to the take bad it, crowd? You have to take it case by case, don't you? I mean, if she were suddenly, if, well, I mean, I still, you know, at 17, they're kind of practising adult. I, I still would say I would never go in all guns blazing and mm. not seeing this person anymore. I would never do that. I know for some parents that works, but personally, that wouldn't be my... my. I think you push people into the arms of people when you mm. do that. I'm always going to, you know, as I said before, keep my enemies closer. Should we have a quick listen to Carlitos? Yeah, and then we'll get, get on to some emails that we've received. OK. In my old school, me and my group of friends shared the same interests and... So they just happened to be girls. Um, and the people that were different from us were the boys. And we were labelled for wanting to do things in the TV industry. But um, all that's changed now. And now that I go to a TV and movie-based school, I have a good balance of girl and boyfriends because we like all share the same passion and the same interests. So I think it's... Just about finding people that share the same passion as you or or something like that. Um, Or if not, just finding someone or some people that support you, like um, like the roots on a tree, like get you a few good roots that will stay there forever so that you can continue to grow. It's a nice way of putting it. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and if friends are being a bad influence, I think, Parents only should get involved if they notice changes in their child's behaviour. So I think that parents should give the child a chance to maybe say no to something that could be leading them in the wrong direction or to see if they can work out that maybe that isn't the right situation to be in by themselves before, like, parents lasso them back, I think children should be given a chance to try and work it out for themselves. Um, if I didn't like my siblings' friends, I I wouldn't get involved. Quite simply, no, I wouldn't get involved. Um, some of my brother's friends I really don't like. <laughs> and some of them I do like, them, but I can't change that. They're his friends. They're not my friends. They're not there for me. They're there for him. So, yeah. Yeah. Very sensible. Yeah, I mean, he's kind of saying really mm. what what we're saying, which is, you know, if if it, if it it depends how bad it gets, yeah. but it gets bad, but you've got to let them yeah. get on with that because otherwise, how are they ever going to learn? I mean, when you think about it, right when they're tiny and they're in nursery and they're bashing each other over mm. the head with with a toy, mm. you always you would leave it for a certain point, wouldn't you, to see if it was going to go over? And I yeah. think that doesn't really. I think that's the same with teenagers. You've got to let them work stuff out by themselves. But I would um, also stress that I do think the the extreme, slightly psychotic, I want to reverse my car over that person approach. I do think sometimes for children, it's quite nice for them to know. Mm that they have a parent who is almost irrationally mm. just fighting their Because it corner. validates their pain. Well, and also they know there's it, there's an unquestionable truth and lie yeah. in that person and that that person is simply going to fight their corner regardless of what they've yeah. said or done. And I do sometimes occupy that position a little bit on purpose to yeah. make them feel I know, and I think safe, it works sometimes. Uber safe. Although I kind of have a more extreme reaction sometimes, sometimes it's, it's actually fabricated. But I do think what Carlito says there is, is, is absolutely on point. 
I think we have to somehow trust that, you know, you give your children one or maybe two op- opportunities to make a decision or a choice in their friendship circles that maybe backfire or fail mm. and let them work their own way out. And, and you know, you can, if you're, if you're clued into what your kids are like, you can see when their behaviour starts to shift or their attitudes really dramatically start to shift. And I think that's, that's some good advice. Once again, why are the children more parental than us? They know more than us. Now, before we record each episode of our podcast, we ask you to get involved on social media. Hashtag Confessions of a Modern Parent. If you want to get in touch on our Instagram, it's at Nadia Sawala and Family. On Twitter, at Nadia Sawala. And if you're a little bit scared of Nadia and you're a little <laughs> bit worried that she might tell you off, you could always come to lovely, cuddly old me at, <laughs> at, on Instagram at Mark underscore Adderley. A-double-D-E-R-L-E-Y. I think we should have a look at some uh, emails. Um, Here's one from Jude, 67, from Beckton. I was born an only child, and as a kid, I worshipped my parents. They were my whole world. As I grew up, I had friends, but no one connected to me as much as my parents, and I never felt the same closeness and acceptance. We did everything together. I married and had three kids. My children's experience was very different to my own. They had parents and each other for company. As a consequence, they were more socially adept than I was growing up. Sounds like me, this, doesn't it? They continue to lead socially active lives, and recently they talked to me about my lack of friends and the differences between me and them. I look back at my childhood differently now. I still feel the love for my parents as I do my family, but now I feel my parents could have done more to help socialise me. I think my parents were a bit lonely in their own social lives and I was a sort of crutch that held things together, like I was a best friend to each of them. I didn't realise by having more than one child that I was helping to better prepare them for a socially active and independent life, but I'm really glad I did. That's a really important subject, I think, and almost an entire chat on its own about parents being friends to their kids Mm. because I do I can absolutely see I mean I didn't have that at all that's not where my kind of isolation came from it didn't come from that at all um but I I I grapple and I struggle with all four of my girls I would say on a level a major component of my relationship with them is my friendship with them I like mm. them. I feel like I, I am a friend of theirs and, and they feel like they're a friend of mine. When I think of my the people in my life that I want to have a conversation with, my four daughters all come up, top of the list. And I feel sadness as they get older that I know that that sort of relationship has to diminish. I think there's a difference between that, but then there are some parents who genuinely sort of make the child their friend and it can leave you, it can leave you sort of isolated in later life. Um, what do you think? I think... I I think I've loved what happened with my mum and dad and I suppose I'm kind of planning the same. Mm. My mum was very strict when I was growing up. My dad was very much my friend when I was growing up. Mm. And then it suddenly just just you know my mum my mum never swore my mum and then at about 20 she just became my mate. Yeah. And they both came and we went on holidays and we just had the greatest time and she was no longer allowed to tell me anything and that was fine. She couldn't really be asked to. Mm. And we just became friends. And I just think that for me, that worked really well. Mm. And I kind of am hoping that's a similar thing with the, with the kids. But I think it's very important. My mum and dad have never made me feel that I they need me. Mm. And I think that that's a very, very important thing because what uh, my greatest dread would be for my children ever to feel guilty. No, absolutely. And hold guilt. Oh, God, what if my mum's... I mean, Kiki says it to me sometimes, like, if you're out... And I'm thinking, oh, great, get the telly to myself, mm. and stretch out. And she's like, Mum, I feel really bad. You're going to be downstairs mm. on your own. I'm like, honestly, I I'm really fine. do want to be downstairs on my own. And so I, and I do think some people play a bit naughty with that and do actually put a bit of a guilt trip Pressure. on their kids. And I, 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 if you ever see me doing anything like that, my God, tell me, Mark. Well, no, but it's interesting on. because although it sounds like a contradiction, although I, the friendship side of my relationship with all my girls is a really important part of it, but it's not. I'm not talking about a friendship in that sense of one to live through them or for them to be living through me. Mm. It really is one of, want to have a chat about this, want to talk about that, mm. want some advice, want this. But I, you know, I say to the girls all the time, when you're older, your life is about feeling no obligation to us whatsoever in terms of, you know, yeah. having to adjust what you do and cater yeah. for us. That's your life. You should do that, you know. So, And it will be a hard transition, you oh, know, where you don't say, oh, my God, you're not going to eat your broccoli. No, absolutely. Because you, we can't do that. No. And we will have to let go of that. But the way to let go of that is to think we now can move into a friendship. 
And then Maddie will have friends who she talks to films about and not her dad anymore. Anyway, you've got one, I think. Andrew from Cardiff. Our two kids are both socially well-adjusted, as far as any parent can tell. Our youngest child, who's 14, was always really shy as a young child, but things have intensified for her since she's developed acne. Currently, she tends to cling to me and her mother for comfort instead of opting to spend time with friends. God, we've been through this. We think she's avoiding contact with other girls because of her acne and shyness, but we feel that she needs to explore friendships outside the family. Our eldest has plenty of good friends who we believe are are a good influence on her and she on them. She also went through a period of having acne, but it passed within a couple of years. We hope that our 14-year-old can come through this phase and this won't affect her ability to feel social comfort in the future. She doesn't complain of being bullied, but it's such a shame that in your teens, how you look becomes so important. Well, this is just... Mm. I mean, Maddie went through acne, our eldest, Mm. and it was just horrendous. It's the most... Mm. Any parents, you know, we've had that heartbreak if you're listening Mm. and you... It is heartbreaking Mm. and it is... I don't even know what to say. Well, you, I you feel I've never felt more helpless. I mean, one of the things that I feel very, very strongly about is I really, really do hold my head in my hands at parents that won't allow their children to wear makeup to cover it up. Mm. Because I think, I, I mean, I'm going to go as far as to say I think that's cruel. Well, yeah. Because, it, you know, if you think about as an adult, would you really go out? If you could choose to put makeup on, would you... Mm not put makeup on and go out with a flaming red face. Mm. So we always did let Maddie wear makeup. Mm. Um, and it's it, it had a huge impact on her. And I think that people that have acne, not for all, but for many, it carries right through their life. And I know that it did crack Maddie's self-esteem and her confidence in a way that she will probably spend many more years building back up. Yeah. I think um, I can't think of anything more heartbreaking than the periods of time awful. I've known her when she's been at her lowest and it's been exacerbated by comments or attitudes of friendship groups or, or you know, her peer group or classmates. Because, I mean, there's a distinction sometimes, isn't there? I think as grown-ups, we just refer to friends as any other young adult that young adults hang out with. Mm. But actually, you know, classmates, you have to sometimes deal with classmates more than you do with friends. Mm. And so, you know, this idea that, I mean, that's where my circumspection creeps in around the whole friendship thing is that, I do at times struggle and I will continue to struggle with rationalising the fact that, yes, friendships can give you so much, but they can also take away so much. And so, yes, you have to find that balance between... Same with relationships. Same with our relationships. It's just another relationship. No, I know. Anyway, wow. Do you know what? I feel like we didn't even really... Scratch the surface. Scratch the surface. We didn't scratch it. We didn't... We had so many more... No. Um, topics within this topic that we will have to keep revisiting. I think I scratched the surface a bit more than you, though. Ah. Just a little bit. Itchage. Well, that's it for this episode of Confessions of a Modern Parent. If you'd like to comment on any of the topics we've discussed today, we'd love you to get in touch. Use the hashtag Confessions of a Modern Parent. If you want to find me on Twitter, it's at Nadia Sawala. And on Instagram, it's at Nadia Sawala and family. And if you fancy getting in touch with me, it's at Mark underscore Adderley. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, please subscribe, rate and review. Tell your friends and get involved. And you can hear more episodes of Confessions of a Modern Parent on Global Player or wherever you get your podcasts. Bye. <laughs>